Welcome to Accelerate Your Wealth, a podcast by Rebecca Robertson, founder and director of Evolution Financial Planning. This season, we'll be covering all things wealth, from owning it to maximizing it. For further information, or if you'd like help accelerating your wealth directly, please do contact us. Head over to our website, www.rebeccarobertsonevo.co.uk. So today we're going to be joined with Natasha. She is a success mastery coach for high achievers, rising leaders and works with transformation of women across 30 countries worldwide. She is a creative success imprinting, a unique multidimensional approach to transformation that creates rapid and unraveling permanent change for her clients. With 14 years experience in transformation, she specializes in helping female entrepreneurs unlock their ultimate up level by healing their success saboteurs so that they can experience the most impact, income and inner peace. In just two years, she has helped thousands of women transform their lives. She is an international best-selling author and featured in national and local papers, as well as some of the majority of online publications such as Thrive Global, Medium, recognised as one of the top 35 and under 35-year-old entrepreneurs in, the, in the, this country, in the UK. Her passion for her work is driven by her life's purpose of making a difference in her belief that women deserve their own success and financial security and identity other than a wife or a mum. When you transform a woman, to, to uh, you transform the whole family and the ripple effect continues um, from generation to generation. And I literally could not agree more. Um, I believe exactly that and why I do my own business for the same purposes. So it's looking forward to speaking to Natasha. Welcome, Natasha, to this Wealth Series chat for Accelerating Your Wealth podcast with me, Rebecca Robertson. And, um, well, where are you in the country? Let's start there because you've got such a lovely accent. Oh, thank you. Um, so I am in South Wales in the UK. I used to go on holiday there every year. Um, well, when my little one, he's now like four and a half, but when he was li- really little, he didn't really see the point of going like really exotic holidays with a tiny little one. So we went, always went to Pembrokeshire um, in Wales. So um, a lovely, lovely part of the world do, do you holiday there as well or do you go somewhere do you go somewhere else um well pre pre-covid of course we used to yeah. on some uh holidays abroad I've got a son the same age as yours um we've we've done one trip abroad with him actually just before the pandemic hit so um I think you know there's lots of beautiful beaches in Wales lovely Uh, yeah yeah and there's always little places you can go for the weekend um but I like to get abroad and have a bit of bit more sun more sun yeah yeah it's it's always rained but I must admit it always (laughs) always rained we know a lot of rain in Wales the sheep like it at least (laughs) (laughs) well welcome to today's um series um I'm going to do I've done an, I've done an introduction but in your own words just tell people a little bit about yourself and I guess what drives you to sort of be as passionate as you are about what you do yeah so I um I describe myself as a success mastery coach so I'm a woman entrepreneur and I help women entrepreneurs as well um I specifically help women to up level financially emotionally and spiritually so um lots of my clients they tend to come to me thinking that they've hit a like a a limit in the income levels in their business and I know that's obviously something you help people with money as well from a very different angle yeah different angle (laughs) yeah 
so I'm more of the inner work side of things that helps mm. break through those blocks and those barriers to more money. But also working on that sort of the emotional and financial, uh, sorry, emotional and spiritual shifts as well. Um, and I'm really passionate about helping women with this because it's been my own personal journey of, um, you know, going from struggle to success, I guess, you know, the yeah. typical, the typical uh, struggle to success story that is my life story, you know, and I'm, I'm very passionate about helping other women remove those internal blocks to the success that they're really, really worthy of but perhaps haven't realized it yet I, no and that's exactly it and I, I, that's exactly why I wanted to bring you onto the show and have, have a chat I just know this was going to be an interesting conversation and you're yeah you're right I'm very much more on the logical side of things and the sort of the practical stuff that you can do but I still talk a lot about that mindset piece not as an expert like yourself because I actually think that that's like if you're looking you know we've been talking about houses if you're going to go and look at the house and the first step is you look on an internet website and you see you look at the house and you find it mindset is that first piece of you know if you're baking a cake you get the ingredients and mindset is that first piece and you can't figure out how long the cake should be in the oven for and how long you need to cook it for or you can't go around and look at that house and find that house and see what the spec is until you've actually found it online or found the recipe and to me in sort of different I like to use different analogies um but to me, that's what mindset's all about. You can't figure out how much you need in your pension, what you should be saving, what pots for this, budgets for that, terminology, jargon, and all the rest that goes uh, along with all of that um, until you've done actually some of the inner work. And what I find really interesting, and this is from my own personal experience, and I don't know what your thoughts are on this are, is that it's almost like our financial, our own financial evolution is aligned to actually how we're feeling internally about ourselves. So if we feel a million dollars and we can achieve a million dollars and we're doing all the spiritual work, the, the alignment pieces there, then we're actually, I've seen it happen more often that those people then become millionaires or close to becoming millionaires. Whereas when we don't feel that we deserve that for, we don't, or it's not for us or it's for somebody else, and the mindset is limiting in some description, then we only feel that we're worthy of maybe 10 grand a year or 30 grand a year or 50 grand a year or whatever that figure might be, that actually the more we work on it, the more it expands. And it's, I just find that quite interesting how over years, if you carry on doing the work, that actually that involvement can continue. And that's why we call it a journey, right? Because you don't just wake up, read one book and go, right, I'm going to be a millionaire tomorrow. And it, and it happens just like that. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. And it's right. It's almost like, and that's been my experience for sure. And the experience of my clients, the more that you work on yourself, it's like that transformation in you or that expansion in you allows your external world to also expand and transform exactly yeah so just tell a little bit about you you talked talked about your journey and um I know that you've gone through a massive one yourself what would be sort of we've talked about this involvement what would you say have been the biggest shifts for you what now certainly now you can look back and reflect what do you think caused the expansion from where you were to where you are now yeah so shall I share a little bit about where yeah Um, yeah just for anyone listening um so back I didn't grow up with a silver spoon in my mouth you know as they they tend to say I came from a very 
quite poor background, um, social housing, um, family, low income family. So money was always something that um, just seemed like out of reach, maybe for me in my childhood. And I never dreamed, I absolutely never dreamed that I would be in the position that I'm in now. And I actually remember saying to myself when I was younger, all I ever want is a job that pays me 30 grand a year because that was so much money to my family. That was like triple what my family had in a year. And I thought that I'll ever made it. If I can get a job <laughs> where, where I, I get 30 grand a year, that is it. That's all I ever need. And I ended up in social work on a 30 grand a year wage, funnily enough. So yeah, right. <laughs> manifested that. Um, and I also started a business on the side. And funnily enough, for the first three years of my business, that turnover was 30 grand a year. So I'd given myself this limit that I'd put on myself from this this belief that I'd formed as a child that that was all I ever needed. And it was showing up as a pattern in my career and then in my business income. So I actually left social work um, after having my son. So that was... 2017 I left social work because I'd been signed off my job with stress and postnatal depression I just become a single mum, and my son was only 10 months old at the time so wow um to a young baby stress postnatal depression his dad and I separated and lived in different areas of Wales and it was just kind of this moment where I thought do you know what I can't keep doing it all I can't run a business work full-time in social work see my son enough to have a relationship with him and have enough time to get healthy and well again yeah so it it was what I call my it's now or never moment where I handed in my notice at the social work job with around 3k-ish turnover a month within my business not all profits it was a it was a product-based business at the time but um just this sort of I guess there's just deep knowing that there was more potential that I hadn't quite unlocked. And so I went from a three income household in terms of my income, my son's dad's income and the the second job. Yeah. To a one income household, which is a very unpredictable income uh, with, with a few thousand pounds in my bank account, savings account and just a determination to make it work. Brilliant. That was August, around August 2017. I'd say because I had all the issues with the postnatal uh, depression and the, the, it was quite a traumatic burst. So the trauma of that, mm. um, that brought up a lot of ch- ch- childhood trauma. So throughout my childhood, I was chronically abused for through my teenage years, wow. my childhood years, and also bullied in school. So I was overwhelmed. I was poor. <laughs> so any of the, the excuses that kids have to pick on, I wore glasses, you know, so <laughs> any little thing you get picked on, uh, you know, I was that, that child that had them all really. So um, oh. it's funny now thinking back. Um, so there was a lot of trauma there that actually come to the surface after having my son. And the, I think that the trauma of the birth brought that up for me to deal Definitely, with. Definitely, yeah. 
a lot of historic often that is the case it gets us to unlock things right doesn't it it gets us to think about stuff and think about things that we did never really wanted to necessarily think about before and but I see this quite a lot I, I hear this quite a lot with a lot of successful certainly people that I know maybe it's just because I I gravitate to them but a lot of the sort of mass bigger six-figure seven-figure business owners and, and women of wealth that I know of they come from a bit like myself a bit like you you know I come from um my, my dad was a single parent um I had hand-me-downs from my older brother um I, I, I don't didn't have a, tra- a traumatic childhood um but there was a lot of upheaval as you can imagine as with most most parents that are up you know they won't even physically speak to each other on the phone for example um lots of tr- issues that go along with that um and it's almost like this it creates this drive to start strive for more um and that's what I seem, seem to find and you've described that yourself that you were determined and you were driven and do you think that comes from like a, wanting to avoid the same thing again or wanting something more for your children or it could be both right um, de- yeah, definitely both, I think. And and I think it's important to just mention it that we've we've all got trauma. It's just it's shown up in different ways. Like I, I prefer to sometimes use the word wounding because that sounds a little bit less scary than trauma. So you obviously had some wounds from your childhood experiences. You might not look at it as big trauma, but would have still affected um your you in some way yeah I had to work I've I spent a lot of time working on them it, it, I wouldn't be the version I am today um, I would have been probably what they thought I'd aspire to be which was a receptionist um at, at best <laughs> um and you have to work on this stuff and I guess much like yourself I, I wasn't willing to accept this version that they yeah. set on me I, I wanted to see where it would go and what would happen definitely there was it was definitely a a sort of drive although my expectations weren't very high they were a lot higher than what my family had you know um and a a drive to want something different for my own children as well so um what really changed things for me was you know between august 2017 and now I've now got a seven-figure business, completely organically. The last twelve last year was a million-dollar year, and the last rolling twelve months has been a million pounds. So, completely organically, which is absolutely crazy. It's crazy, like to to come from that to get here is just unbelievable for me. So even though it's happened and it's happened again, you still don't believe it, right? You're still like, what? Still pitching myself. Funny, I remember like I remember thinking the first month that I had like a slightly bigger month, this must just be a fluke. And I, I thought that for 18 months, and then I finally realized this is not a fluke anymore. This is the new normal, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think we that we believe it's all gonna I think also when you're in this fast and famine kind of mode when you're growing up, there's some months of you know, Christmas seems a good really good year this year, and birthday, well, this is an extra special birthday. You sometimes think, well, then the next month is gonna be taken away, that consistency is gonna go. And as an entrepreneur, you when you first start out, like you described, it can be a bit like that anyway. So you I imagine you're always thinking, like, is the bubble gonna is this just gonna is this gonna continue is this just a fluke yeah yeah definitely and and so many women experience that so many people experience that feast and famine cycle in business and 
it was like I almost had this block and I, I knew it wasn't a physical thing. Oh, well, I didn't. I didn't actually know what it was, but it felt it almost felt like an invisible wall. But I just couldn't even get to the 5K month. That was my first goal. Get to a 5K month, you know, with your expenses and everything as well. That's a pretty good take home wage from that. Mm. I just could not get there, could not get there. And then I had some therapy for, so subconscious therapy. So for anyone listening who's not quite sure what that is, therapy whilst in hypnosis. As part of a training course that I was doing in that to bring it to my business to help other people with. And that same month, and it was nothing to do with money, nothing to do with business. It was all about feeling enough. And that same month, I know, I know. And that same month, my business shot past that 5K, which I'd never been able to hit, no matter how hard I'd been trying. And it went straight to 7.5K. And I was just like, what? How has that even happened? Because I haven't done anything different here. And then it just kept going up and up and up. And that was March 2018. So it's actually since March 2018 to now, which is just over three years that, yeah. I've, that I've grown that million pound business. And a lot of it, it was the healing of me that changed my, changing my relationship with me, changed my relationship with money. And then how you bought more, then how you sold yourself, how you priced, how you bought more clients in, how you asked for referrals because you were more confident, you knew what you was asking, you delivered better service, probably everything, right? Yeah, and it's been, you know, it wasn't instant. It's been a journey. It's, you know, like we said earlier, it's not, I don't think the healing journey ever really ends. You just mm. keep evolving, you keep growing. <clears throat> and we are our businesses, especially if you've got a personal brand or a solo, you're a solopreneur, for example. We are our businesses and how we show up affect like what's going on inside us, how we show up, all of that stuff affects how successful our business is. Mm. So although I didn't change, I was still doing the same things. But who I was changed. Yeah. So how I was showing up changed. And that obviously was what led to, to more and more success then. Amazing. So what um, for people that are listening that have maybe done a bit of work on themselves or they've maybe parked part of what's gone on in their lives. They probably might be thinking, oh, there's stuff I know that's going on. I've, you know, some women are really open to it and others aren't those that um, aren't let's talk to them for a second because they probably need the most help in terms of shift right because those others that are open to it and started that process you start to become more conscious you're more aware of it you can start to deal with it more on an ongoing basis and you probably have got some contacts and people you could go to to get help but for those that are buried you know burying their head in the sand they feel like they're working hard in their business or in their job um, and they don't really feel like they're getting what they want from their finances and their wealth and maybe just like the balance of life in general. Um, where where can they start? What tip would you give them to start considering to explore this uh, for themselves? Because it can be quite daunting, can't it? That's a good question, you know, and I think most people start with mindset. I would describe what I do the work I do on myself and that I do with others is a bit deeper than mindset. But most people start with conscious level work. So the mindset stuff, you know, things like gratitude journaling, um, which sounds fluffy, but it's actually really positive. It's really powerful. Like I've got a journal. It's called the five minute journal. You can order it online. 
And it's literally just a couple of minutes in the morning, a couple of minutes in the evening to top and tail your day in a more positive way. Mm. And I started using that when I had postnatal depression. And it was one of the things that really helped me come through that uh, mm. part of my I, t- I totally agree. I must admit, when I, my, my mind's a bit all over the place, I find I'm, I'm scrabbling for one of my notebooks. I'm like, right, I just got to get this down somewhere. I've got to write this out. And it, it does really help just to help you process things. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and trying to find the good in every day, even when you might not be feeling 100% great. So more what I call conscious mindset tools like that or coaching, for example, is a conscious mindset um, approach would probably be, uh, you know, like a less scary place to start, mm. if you want yeah. to put it that way, because it, it is sometimes scary diving into the past mm. and I truly believe you should work with someone who's, you know, trained, qualified, certified, and uh, maybe seeing some evidence of their results before you get into that kind of thing. You can do conscious therapy as well, where it's more like well, what we call talking therapy. So you mm. can see a counsellor or a, I say normal therapist, because I don't describe myself as what was normal the work that I do but a standard normal what we normally think of when we think of therapy they would be good places to start exploring these things the thing with those is they take longer than the type of deeper subconscious rapid work I guess that that I do now um but like I say that five minute diary it's about 20 or 30 pounds and has such a positive shift on you it's called the five minute journal again for anyone I, I always say I should have shares in their company I'm not associated <laughs> to the I just truly believe in it so much and it's helped me so much and I like to gift it to my clients and things as well and it, it really does have such a power it's a p- powerful positive practice mm. you start to put into your day so that starting with the conscious stuff is probably if this is new to you it's probably yeah and, and those that are sort of ready to sort of go, okay, I'm ready. There's, there's stuff going on or even that they've worked on stuff and they're like, actually, I want to, I want to de- delve a little bit deeper. Like you described, like this is like level <clears throat> of consciousness where you're going, I know I could be doing more, but something's stopping me. I don't know what, or there's something there that, you know, keeps coming up for me. Um, it keeps crossing my mind and you're not, don't really feel like you're dealing with stuff as well as you maybe would like to, or you find yourself being triggered by lots of different things, right? We can be triggered by a response, you know, especially online these days, you might see something online and you're feeling triggered by the fact your friends just bought a fancy car and that's not you. Or I tend to find that when you're feeling quite negative around things, that actually that's you, reacting and your body trying to tell you something so if there's somebody there that's listening to this thinking that's me I'm ready to look at this in a little bit more you t- you described your work as being like deeper yeah. what what does that mean I guess it depends how open-minded you are first of all go um, for it I'm <laughs> as open-minded as they come like I love I have crystals I have I do that kind of thing like I'm not completely woo-woo um, I'm not sure um, I believe in abundance and I believe in, you know, um, law of attraction and all that kind of stuff. I'm not quite there with angels and fairies yet, but um, I do come from a very religious background. I was brought up very religious. 
Um, so I do believe in like a, a God of a universe of some description, but I don't believe in the conventional God as such. Yeah. yeah. And I, you know, I'm the same. I, a little bit more in terms of, I do believe in angels and things, but I just believe that there is something higher out there that, um, and having, and if you have been through quite a lot of trauma, it's actually quite soothing. Yeah, to to feel like there's a bigger purpose to things, and there's mm. someone else out there that's supporting you and guiding you, especially if you felt alone or feel alone um, in certain parts of your life journey. Um, so for me, you know, there's there's a saying that most people have is that uh, you attract what you think. Mm, very true. But I believe you attract what you feel. Right you can change your thoughts but if you still feel unworthy or you feel like you're not deserving of more money it's actually the the energetic frequency i guess yeah a feeling that is a lot more powerful than just changing your thoughts Mm. the work that i do i say i work on five different levels all sort of merged into one really it's that mind level but working with the conscious and the subconscious mind so just for anyone listening who's not, you know, the new concept, perhaps um, the conscious level is, is like us talking here now. This is this is conscious levels is how we spend most of our time. The subconscious is basically those things that are running our behaviors and we don't quite know why we're responding in that way or why we've mm. been or what was blocking me from being able to get to that 5K month because I was doing everything I thought I needed to do. Um, but it was because there was something going on in the subconscious that was blocking it. Now, your thoughts, your your subconscious mind is responsible for 90% of your actions. So they're thoughts that you're not consciously aware of that have been created from experiences and relationships in your early life. Mm. So a lot of things like hypnosis or mindset techniques, for example, they look at changing your thoughts and, and feelings as well, but based on previous experiences that you've had. Whereas where I go a bit deeper and I look at relationships, because I believe that everything is a relationship in life and that success is based on relationships. And, you know, how we are with money is a relationship. Mm. Our relationship with ourself, our relationship with our business, our relationship with people within our businesses, whether that's team members or clients or, you know, whatever else, peers, everything in life is based on relationships. So uh, having the psychological background and social work background, I've got where relationships is a key thing that we used to work with. Um, I brought that to my work. So I combined um, normal hypnosis work with with this deeper relationship-based approach but also on this journey I've opened up a lot more to my spiritual side too so I combine some spiritual aspects in with my work too so we I work on what I say five levels of healing the mind heart soul energy and action because you can't do all that inner work and all that inner healing and not take action because it's not going to come out into fruition in your reality then of course so and and the the very act of taking action to break those patterns is healing in itself so that's the final layer of that work amazing 
And so you didn't have you doing that for you, did you? Or did you do you feel that you learned what you were learning as you go and you worked on yourself as you went? Is, is that how did you go? Did you have like uh, somebody that helped you and coached you yeah, for yourself? Yeah, I had to have some like it's a bit. This is almost like a myth or this this belief amongst people who are in the same industry as me, like coaches, therapists, healers, where they think that well, I should be able to heal myself. Like you cannot change your faulty patterns and thinking because you've still got those, you can't spot them all yourself. Like there's a certain amount of work you can do on yourself, of course. Um, and especially once, you know, kind of, I'm very, because I've done so much work on myself now, I'm able to see when something's coming up and recognize I need to work on it. And sometimes I can use my own tools to work through it. But I also have my own therapist, um, who I, work, who I had to work with around the abuse, especially, so really big mm. trauma and stuff. I work with different, you know, energy healers. And uh, most of my business success has come from investing in healers and therapists. I don't really have a business coach. I haven't. Ha- I don't have a long-term no. coach or anything like that. I, I might make, I might have like a VIP day with a coach or a VIP session here and there, but most of this is most of this growth for me has been from growing me to grow personal development on yourself and looking at yourself and amazing and I think that's a really interesting way to would you would you class that as an investment totally yeah and and it and this it doesn't just change your business it changes your whole life you know like I truly believe that our relationship with money is a reflection of what's going on inside in as in our relationship with ourselves. Mm. I think this is where a lot of money mindset work maybe misses the mark yeah. uh, sometimes because it focuses on looking at your relationship with money, but not necessarily your relationship with yourself. And if yeah. you look at both of those things and work on And they them, have to be aligned. Like it has to be aligned. I completely agree with that, that that's how it plays out. And what I see a lot of people doing is that they're, and I think this is probably what your point is, this is where, this is where I see it is they're sort of wanting one thing but doing another or they're they're acting in one way but doing something else or they're saying one thing and doing something else and it just there's this not there's not the alignment there um you know they're maybe saying they want to get fit and healthy but they spend money on takeaways or um they're saying that they want this successful business and they're gonna um do, do do more business often more services but six months later they're charging the same and they've kept their prices the same and they've not evolved their product or offered anything different um so yeah I think that that alignment piece is really important to look at well what could be stopping you to move forward to do the next thing to take that next leap yeah definitely I, and I talk about um often there's four saboteurs like four success saboteurs this is just work I I've identified these that the things mm. that I have to overcome and that my clients, I also work on these saboteurs with them. And one of the biggest ones, and it was kind of related to what you mentioned, is that overgiver success saboteur where you undercharge and overdeliver and you don't charge extra for extra work that your clients get you to do, or you discount before you've even told them the full price because <laughs> you want to get rejected potentially. <laughs> so there's oh, always... so much to that isn't there and I was that person as well like I, I remember my first online course that I had was in my health business my business is very different now but I charged 14 pound 
for lifetime access and support. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I had a massive overgiven success. Yeah. And and that and and I see it a lot in the business industry. It's almost like and then then the imposter success saboteur comes in. It's almost like women, especially, they forget all the previous experience they've ever had. And it's as if they think they're starting from scratch with an online business. So I I've I used to work in um so before I was in social work, I was in homelessness services and I, I was tasked with the most complex clients. So people with co-presenting mental health issues and serious drug addiction. So they, they're classed as the most difficult people to help change. And I was one who was good at working with those clients. So they've given to me to help them resettle and get off the drugs and get their mental health stable and things. So all of my career, 15 years, I've worked in um, transformation. So not yeah. necessarily as a coach back then, but that was the work I was doing. And when I came into online business and I had this like massive crisis where I thought I had to go and get a five day certification to prove that I can coach people because <laughs> it was almost like I thought that none of my previous experience matters anymore. Oh, I don't know. Women tend to do that. So it's, especially even if it's going for a promotion or um, it's charging more or something. And I did that for, for, for many, many years. I applied for many uh, awards. And um, I, at one point, <laughs> like they piled up in my office. It's ridiculous. And then one year I just stopped and went, okay, enough's enough. It was about two years ago and I won financial advisor of the year and um, I'd done a TEDx talk. I'd wrote a book, you know, you name it, I'd done it. And I sort of said to myself, but why am I doing this? Like, so, and I think someone asked me the question and I started asking myself this more and more and more. And I thought that's a really, because I want my business to succeed. It's good for your recognition. Da, 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 da. I was like, no, hang on a sec. I've done it. Why am I keeping doing this? Why? Why? And even recently, in one of the financial advisor groups I'm in, there's a lot of women, and they're all supporting each other to apply for these awards. And I'm sitting there going, I'd, I'd, I'd love to. It's all great fun, and I'm all part of it. But actually, I don't feel the need or the drive anymore. And I, when I looked at it, it was I wasn't doing these things to satisfy other people, which I know sometimes people do come from that place where it's like, well, I'll do this because other people what other people think of me I was doing it to prove to myself that I was capable of doing what I was already doing mm. because I'd been told for so long when I was a kid that you wouldn't amount to much and nothing will really happen and all of that and you know that was only two years ago that's not a long time ago I'm like I'm a 41 year old I'm 41 this year I was nearly a 40 year old fully grown adult um you know super sensible and everything else um not all, not all the time um and I was still having those sorts of things going on, right? It's it's um, it's not like age age relevant. It it happens to you, and and every new level you grow to in your business, they come up again. So there's the imposter, the overgiver, the hustler, and the outcast. Um, oh, I like that one. Tell me about that one. The outcast is yeah. filthy fears. So being scared to show up online in terms of videos or written posts or show your true self through your business. But also it's the fear of rejection is very linked in with that. So the fear of selling. So if you believe mm. that you, you're scared to sell, it's not that you're scared to sell, you're scared of the potential no. Rejection, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I've had all of those at some point. <laughs> have the universal I like I literally I kept seeing it in every client that was coming to me I was like 
these are blocks. No, they're not blocks. They're more than blocks. These are like archetypes that every female entrepreneur actually experiences. Yeah. They come up for me all the time. So what I didn't tell you actually is probably a key part of the success journey was when was it? 2019, December, 2019 was my first six figure month. And literally everything came crashing down afterwards, start of 2020, before the pandemic hit. <laughs> it was like January, I had a freak accident where my little boy dived on me from the side and broke the top of my nose. And that set off a lot of health anxiety because of the sort of, it was linked to visiting hospital and the birth trauma wow. coming up. And I, I had a major like health crisis for that for January, February and it, it felt like everything came crumbling down around me and it was because I had that hustler archetype really strong and I kind of went through this thing like what I like there is no point in having all this money yeah you can say you had a six-figure month in your business but if like your health has actually suffered and then you know your relationships are suffering and you haven't got enough time to be there for your children which is the opposite of why we go into business. Yeah, right. So it was almost like a, I call it like the tower moment, you know, if the tower is a tarot card where everything burns down so that it can rebuild again in a better way. Mm. And that was when I developed the success saboteurs and that I realized that this is not just about up-leveling financially. It's a, you have to work on up leveling yourself like emotionally and spiritually as well as financially for, for true success mastery which is where success mastery coach comes from and so my income dropped quite considerably but I was building the foundation and that became my million dollar year which you would, would never have thought it from the, <laughs> but the important yeah. thing was it became that working a lot less and from a lot more of a healed place than I had Love been that. So what do you believe about pushing through? It's hard, you know, because when I look back at the journey to where I am now, I I do believe that you, you have to have a bit of... Um, Gumption. <laughs> yeah, I do. I think that you've got to have the, some determination some willingness to sacrifice and I hate to say that because I believe in success without sacrifice now mm. but if you look at most highly successful entrepreneurs they've they've gone through that struggle period and then they found a better way mm. so the good thing with that is you get to shortcut other people's journey like what took me six and a half years doesn't have to take my clients that of course but I do believe there are certain characteristics that you need. That you have to be, you know, one of my, and again, I don't advocate this phrase now, but one of my things that helped me through those earlier days that I would say to myself was, this is short-term sacrifice for long-term gain. Hmm. Do you regret so, that time? Like if you look back now, is there any advice that you'd give yourself differently from what you know now? Um, I regret that time. So I do regret's quite, regret's quite a hard word and I know it's probably not something yeah. in your vo vo vocabulary in terms of <laughs> no, abundance and things happen for a reason and there's certain things I regret in terms of 
I, I literally don't know how much I was working. It must have been 90 hours a week at some point. Wow. Is that when you had the two jobs? No, that was when I was working on just my business. Just your business, yeah. And but you were striving for more, right? You went from three incomes down to one. You wanted it to work. Yeah. But also, my I had a work addiction. Like I, My work addiction was numbing my trauma that I hadn't dealt with from the past. So... I do there are times what my son obviously spent uh like three days a week with his dad his dad's a very good dad he's still in his life um so I had that time and it was literally like when when he's not with me it's flat out work you know working when he's sleeping getting up like working when he's napping like wherever I could fit work in um but I do whoever was around to help out and that and sometimes I do look back and think I wish I hadn't worked as hard because there is that time that I'm not going to get back. Mm. Actually, you know, I, when I work with clients and we go into the subconscious mind, I have some sessions where I'm like, oh my God, this is like a message to me coming from this person as a, you know, like I've had a lot of clients that have shared experiences of trying to talk to their parent and they're just like, they're not looking up from their work. And this is their trauma. This is their wounding. That, oh, well, I'm not enough or I'm not important enough to my parents. Mm. Or their trauma has been from, or their wounding has come from the parent never being around mm. or giving more to their career and not to them. And when, that ha- when that's staring you in the face as you're going through a therapy session with someone and you're like, oh my God, it makes you reflect on. I you. bet. It's quite hard. Yeah. So. Uh, mm. You know, it, it was quite emotional to hear those things. And so I am not a perfect parent. I, you know, <laughs> I can think, oh, no. It was tiny. I, think, I don't think we are all, any of us are. I think we can have ideals to think we are, but we're not. Certainly not over the pandemic. I've not been a perfect parent. I'm, I'm, I've done, a, we've all done a very good job. I'm in a bloody good job. Yeah, we totally have. And, <laughs> And, you know, I think it's important to remember that no one does that intentionally to hurt their child. We're doing it most of the time to try and get the best for our children. Yeah. yeah. And I do, I do think that there's, it's, it's all about, like, for example, for me, um, my daughter's just turned 13. And um, I've got to where I am where, you know, I've, I've got horses, I pay for livery, which is not cheap. So it's like a mortgage. Um and it, you know, she she rides two or three horses every week. And over the last year, where she has been at home, and um, she's been down the stables a lot because her friends are all down there. She's of an age and, and experienced enough that I don't have to watch her the whole time. Um, there's often somebody around. She's got mates down there, and she can walk there from our village down to the stables. And like she's <laughs> she's down there now as we speak. Um, and you know that's a, to me that's a real privilege that we've been able to do that so for her it's it's not been traumatic at all she's loved it it's been absolutely brilliant for her um and then my little boy who's just four and a half um obviously when we the pandemic it doesn't the pandemic wasn't I was only like a year ago but in their lives that's like a third of his life and before that we had winter so he wasn't really doing very much in winter with him anyway and before that he was just turning three so what what can he remember from being a three-year-old going to zoos or parks or playing not very much so though he did he'd had we did stuff and we went to play centers and we did you didn't do a lot in the winter a, a big part of his life he's not had he's not known any different um so wow. I've been quite 
quite lucky in many respects. I see that as luck. But yesterday we went to the, our local rec. It's a lovely day and they'd open up the park again. I thought I'd go down there and see what it's like. And it's just a, just a little like village rec. Um, and there were two other little boys, the same age as Cameron, playing football. And I said, go over and say hello. Go, go, and, go and see if they play with you. And he went, oh, I don't know if I can do that. He's never done that before. That's how unusual the circumstances are in his little world. That's a massive major thing for him. And, um, and I said, no, go, go on, go and ask. They'll be all right. They, they want to play with you. And he just went over there, confident as anything, chattering away. And um, sometimes they're a lot more robust than what we give them credit for, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing that we how, – how much and how often, because I think, you know, obviously understand – wounds and traumas more than I do um and I think some things have a bigger impact than what we maybe realize and the things that we worry about actually aren't things to worry about really, so you can't control it all right no you can't you absolutely can't and it really depends on um it's different for how what the meaning the child places on it as well mm. so we're wounding tends to have a more of an impact whereas one child can totally brush that off because they haven't placed the same meaning on it as another person might have. Um, it's u- usually as long as children grow up with a safe home environment and a loving relationship with the parent, their resilience levels are so much higher to those little things. Whereas if you haven't had that, those two things that are important for resilience growing up, you are more susceptible to being more deeply wounded by things mm. we look back on and we think well that's just a little thing but to a child it's not a little thing to a child no. who doesn't feel safe and hasn't got a loving relationship with a parent it's a huge thing it's a huge thing so so lots of telly over pandemic won't actually hurt them no. as long as they get lots of kiss, kisses and cuddles no, they're I'm good to do that as well ipads <laughs> pokemon tv <laughs> we no. haven't traumatized our children by too much no. telly good no. to know and um, thank you for that natasha <laughs> I feel relieved now. Um, I've really enjoyed our chat today. It's been, I think, I think we could probably chat for so much longer. Um, I try and keep the podcast to around half an hour, but they, they always overrun a little. Um, and I'm conscious of uh, letting you get on with your day and your time is precious. Um, but I had one more question for you. And that is, what do you see now in your future? We've talked about your past. We've talked about what you'd maybe change or what you'd maybe do differently which doesn't sound like an awful lot really it sounds like you've embraced the fact that it's part of who you are it's who you, you become who you are because of those things um and we all have to go through challenges to sort of come out the other side it makes us a stronger more robust person and um, but what do you see in your future if you know you're you're admittedly which is really nice and, and nice to hear um that you're always working on yourself you're still getting triggered there's still things you're working on um, but because you have the skill set that you've got and you're able to do that some yourself or recognize and get help, which is a, is a real sh- skill in itself. Um, where do you see things going? Do you, do you, will you put limits on what you want to achieve or not? Well, there was a time I remember a year ago where I was like, you know, if this is what comes with success and I don't want it. You know, like I don't want to have to sacrifice my health or my relationships for money. That that's not success to me. So for me, there is no limit now. Now I've seen what's possible. The only limit will come is if something in my life starts to be sacrificed, and then it'll be like, 
no this is this is not what i want um so i think for me and for my future it's about being the right example of success for myself for my son and and for for others clients like the people yeah. who, who are coming to me to, has to I, be a lie i love and i love that that's a really nice way of putting it um and that's because you've got like a more of an online model, right? That's down to your business model. Yeah, I've got, so I'm, I've, I used to be that person who was 10, 12 hours a day, one-to-one with clients. <laughs> feel like I've done paid my dues there. Um, <laughs> and that has significantly reduced um, since then. And I look back and think, how the heck did I even do that? I don't know. Um, Cause this type of work is really intense. And now I, I'm, I'm sort of, as of May, I'm moving down to one day a week with clients, as in face client time, because I realize that I can't continue to grow. I've got a team of seven now, and it's not like they can just operate entirely on their own. They need my guidance, of course. So um, being able to expand my impact, which will also, as a side effect, expand the sort of revenue that the business brings. having the space to be able to do that and do it well um i do think there's there's so much more which you don't understand or appreciate in the earlier stages of business or even a few years in like i was how much you have to work on your business and not just in it yeah totally i completely agree having that space and just more time with my family really we just we're just we're just buying a new home now so it's going to feel like a little haven uh, we'll we'll enjoy that and yeah just um continue to be an example of building wealth the right way i think love that well i've loved that talk, talking to you today and i can't wait to see where your journey goes i will be sharing links in the information below for people so they can uh, get in touch with you if they want to connect um so thank you very much. And anything you'd like to, any sort of uh, last messages you'd, you'd like to leave us on um, as we wrap up? Yeah. Um, I just think probably the most important thing that you can do that will change every area of your life is that inner work, working on you. And you, you will see much faster shifts in, in, in every area of your life if you do that. So go get a journal. <laughs> to yourself yeah start with the five minute journal <laughs> exactly that's been brilliant well thank you again for joining us and uh thanks for having I me hope to have you back soon i hope well thank you Take care. thank you for joining us on today's episode of accelerate your wealth If you'd like to take the steps to accelerate your wealth further, perhaps owning it more or maximizing it to its full potential, please do head over to our free Facebook group, The Money Mastery Collective, where we post regular updates on tips to maximize your wealth and also support you along the way. We'd love to see you there.